Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk of the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Strong jobs number, not only for October at 128, but revisions up as well. Dow futures bounce more than 100. We'll wait to see if ISM in an hour can also rebound. Europe is green in the meantime. Ten-year yield just north of 17. Our roadmap begins with that big beat for jobs. Stock futures jump as October gains far surpass expectations. Investors now eye another key read on manufacturing in the next hour. Plus, streaming wars, Apple launching its TV Plus platform today. It's the latest volley in the original content battle between media and tech giants. And Pinterest plummeting pre-market. Company stock now losing nearly a third of its value since peaking in August. And the growth strategy for Starbucks. CEO Kevin Johnson will join us first on CNBC this hour. Let's get to the jobs number. October payrolls well above expectations at 128K, despite the GM strike. September and August, each with their own sharply upward revision. Unemployment goes down, uh, goes up to 3.6. Wage growth 3% from a year ago. Jim, hard to find uh, things to quibble about this month. Uh, look, I, I'm going to come back and say that you're going to have it. The beginning of, of cracks in manufacturing, I think there's still two economies. The two-thirds of the economy that is consumer is doing very well. The other third is not doing well. And we can, I don't know how long we can go with only, with only two-thirds, I think pretty long. But when you, if, if they shut down the Boeing 737 MAX, you're going to see very different numbers. And I just think that these numbers don't have that yet. There are some places that are cutting back production. But the consumer's strong. I don't know why anyone would say, though, that the Fed is done. The Fed will be, the Fed will cut again if the manufacturing numbers get much worse. Even with job numbers that are quite strong? Yes. Yes. And even with an unemployment rate of 3.6. Yes. So you're in the camp that manufacturing is, is the economy. When you, well, I didn't output think, of, I think of finished worry. goods is... Why? Look at the lines. The line by line of manufacturing. It's not all GM. I, look, I, I am perfectly willing to admit that the U.S. economy is a consumer economy that is doing well. I'm trying to find an industrial company other than Honeywell and maybe United Technologies that said good things so far this quarter. That's a good assignment. I'm thinking back myself. I can't find it. I mean, we're not including things like Microsoft, no, hardware-related yeah, exactly, tech. not those. No, but no. A company that exports. GE had a decent quarter. Oh, yeah, well, it, that's know, called NABAF. That's not as bad as feared. It's NABAF. No, absolutely. Jason Gilbert says that NABAF is a great term. One of okay, I had not heard that one, but thank NABF. you for sharing that. NABF. GE was NABAF. Right. It was not, not as, as bad, bad as feared, meaning that they're still making windmills. Yep. They're tilting at windmills there. Yep. Did you know that? Uh, yes. They're tilting Yes, windmills. they may be. Don Quixote-esque, yes. Uh, by the way, guys, we'll, we'll, get, we'll continue our conversation about jobs, but uh, Fitbit is being acquired something? Uh, by Google, a $2.1 billion uh, valuation, 735 a share in cash, uh, expected to close in 2020. I mean, I don't know. Interesting comments here from James Park about how 
12 years ago, we set an audacious company vision to make the world healthier. Right. Uh, and uh, Google is an ideal partner to advance our mission. Well, look, that's good. Thoughts. I mean, it, uh, the people have known this was potentially going to happen, but yeah. the price is still above where the market. I mean, it's a decent premium to the current price, so you're going to watch that stock, uh, given the 735 in cash, move up a, a good deal. It's about IP, right? I mean, that's what this is about. Yeah, it's, it's about, about their IP. intellectual property well, it, portfolio, yeah. I would think. But you know, it's like, a $2 billion, and that's up significantly from where the stock was prior to the first reports of Google's interest. Why couldn't they close us at Head of them when they report. I don't know. I think that the area of Google that people are, or Alphabet that people are being concerned about is when are we going to see something healthcare? When? Uh, uh, and the answer is, I think, is this is it. Uh, this is a competitor directly. This company, I would say, was made, some people would say, obsolete by the Apple Watch. So it's kind of interesting. Alphabet teams up with what some people think is a uh, not a, a primary, but maybe a second rate. I mean, second tier company. Mm-hmm. Fitbit. I used to have Park James on all the time, well, and then I decided, you know what? If you miss your quarter every single time, it begins to be, uh, let's say, uh, there's no draft choice when you tank. We remember when this was a hot stock. It was hot. It was at 27. Yeah. But David, I'm not kidding. I don't mean to be too negative on someone, but they missed. They did not care about what the street thought of them. They said, we're the healthcare company of the future. And there are lots of companies you get a discount if you Fitbit and insurance. So right. it's good. This is going to be verily. Maybe it, this is the way. It never Ruth, came anywhere near its early highs after no. going public. Well, because well, it was a giant in, short in, squeeze. In the 40s. It was a giant short squeeze the whole time. Yeah. But this is good. James Park has been making some money for people. Congratulations. But I now need, we now need to see verily. We now need to see their healthcare uh, moon, you know, the other bets. Mm-hmm. The moon moonshots, and we should point out two billion dollars for a company like Google is what about three days worth of cash flow? I mean, it's, it's like Beats you know. for Apple, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's not yeah. a large amount of cash. But it's for the people who follow who watch our shows. Fitbit has been a stock I get called on. I don't know every week on that. Was that true? Yeah, well, because it's five. They love five six dollar stocks. I mean, if Alphabet were to split a thousand times, they'd love Alphabet. It's still halted, by the way. So when it is, when it when it it's isn't, gonna, it will it will show. Do you think there's any other bidders, David? I have no idea. I have to tell you, I have not focused on this for one moment. That's wow. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, there you go. I've been there's other things that have been taking up my time. I would have said, Jim, I'm going to do some work. I'm going to come back. No, uh, it's got to have another zero. You got like it. a casual Friday mind going. Hey, my mind's on my mind's on casual mode. Nobody's going to go up against Google, really. All right, all right. That's what I'm <laughs> Why couldn't you say that the first time? Okay, there. I Thank said you. It. You're welcome. See you Yes. It does um, give us a chance. You mentioned uh, competition with Apple in the watch space. And Apple's a big story today because uh, they are upping the ante in the streaming wars. TV Plus is now available, launching today in over 100 countries and territories. $4.99 a month, featuring that lineup of original shows, movies, and documentaries. Comes as Disney Plus gets set to new debut in a couple of weeks. Uh, Netflix, The Irishman, uh, with its $160 million dollar budget up today. Look so, for me and The Irishman. What? It's made of my block. Really? Oh, that's I tried, right. I did everything I could to try to sneak in. They did everything they could to try to it's not like, put did me he in. Did have a cameo? I totally would have had money I, on I during, the Hoffa, behind during the Hoffa era. No, they make you no, young? No, yeah. Probably at this point. I went to Giants. Remember, he was under the first Giants stadium, yes, right? Apparently. The one when the Giants were a good team? The Meadowlands. Right. Yes. Before, before the Metropolitan Stadium. Before the, they right. became a bad team. Yes. It was Hoffa, it was Hoffa karma. But no, I mean, yeah, it was made on my street, and I'm like going like this every time. They said, will you get out of here? Please stop it. 
Uh, there's a good discussion on Squawk a few minutes ago with Matt Blank, formerly of Showtime, that Apple, unlike its rivals, is not trying to resuscitate a legacy content library. Uh, that gives them a chance to try some new things. Right. Uh, Peace out this morning saying maybe they're going to put their toe in the water. Gives them a sense of what to buy maybe down the road. Well, I, I don't know. When I talked to Tim, I asked Tim directly about it. Tim, that being Tim Cook, the CEO. Correct. And it was, I of course blundered right into it. I said, look, would you like to, how would you like to buy? Maybe there's a studio you want to buy. I mean, he said, no, we're not a catalog company, Jim. We're not buying a catalog. We're going to develop our own program. And it's so, going to take a while, as it has for Netflix, as it has for Amazon, right, but right. they have done it. Uh, and certainly possible for Apple to do the same. And to, to the point Matt Blank was making that Carl mentioned, they're not defending a legacy business that is changing dramatically. So it's not like Disney, where they obviously, Mr. Iger has felt, we have to go hard into direct-to-consumer, right. or, uh, or like uh, Warner Media, which, well, uh, what it- which uh, is now unveiled HBO Max a couple of days ago, right. and is obviously defending against the increase of uh, cord cutting that, that we talk tag. so often about. Fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, millennials eat spam. They can't afford that. They eat Velveeta as of oh, yesterday. Uh, John Stanky, of course, CEO of Warner Media, and I did speak about this on Wednesday morning from the uh, back lot at Warner Brothers. Uh, you know, the price certainly is a key contention, but Stanky also did talk about, in some ways, you can connect it to Apple, the connection between the content and other offerings from these companies. Take a listen. As we go forward on this, people aren't going to just buy content for content's sake. They're going to buy content because it's associated with other products and services. Uh, Whether it's uh, Amazon who chooses to offer marketplace incentives to have video, or it's AT&T that chooses to put great value with pay TV or connectivity or broadband associated with it. Those are other reasons for people to come into the product as well. And in many ways, you could say the same about what Apple's yeah. thinking. It's, yes. it's connected to their ecosystem, to their devices. They're not defending a legacy business. At the same time, as I pointed out, there's not a lot of there there yet. Right, but this not defending legacy business is the Apple thing. I mean, if you look at the credit card, it's all about not defending a legacy business. They, they love Greenfield, and they have a longer-term view. Uh, I like what they're doing because they're trying to reinvent. They're not just trying to buy the Paramount uh, they're not trying to buy the Paramount Studio, Jack Ryan. They're not doing that. By the way, David, is there, does, you know, David, one of the great things about stocks I've learned, and this is really playing out with Viacom, they stop at zero. <laughs> oh, man, you are just brutal. Both Jack CBS Ryan needs to get in there, and, and then it, that is the equivalent of. It's not. I'm going to change it. It's now Venezuela, and it's not Viacom. T paid what 600 million bucks for South Park. That was a Viacom for five years. Yeah, yeah. Well, nothing accrues to Viacom. It is like a chimney. It's a chimney you put money in. Have you seen the stock? Yeah, the stock I think new, new lows, multi-year lows. It's this got it. Bob Backish can fix this. I'm telling you, when this deal combines, when this combines, it can't David. It not happen quickly enough for them. It's going to be. can outperform the low synergy numbers, which seem to disturb people, not to mention the low free cash flow uh, prog, uh, prognos, prog, prognostications that, that were in it's the. It's not doing that badly. No. Why doesn't it go higher? Will you do that thing you did with Discovery where you got it from 18? Will you go see Malone? Go see Malone and get that stock from 21 to 30. Would you Wait, do that for me? Malone? Remember you did it for Discovery? Yes, I, yes with Zaslav. Do it Zaslav. again. Yeah, okay. I'll do it try. again. I'll, 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 I'll put the you're word the, out. You're I'm the, happy he's to the talk only to person who can save Viacom. I believe when that's in December, what, early December, when they combine the stock goes to 30. It's going to, it's going to be 30. 30. There are just a lot of 
questions and concerns about that business, as you know. Stock sells at five times earnings. cutting about how much advertising. No, I know. About whether they can keep the NFL, how much it's going to cost them. I asked asked Tim Cook about sports. I mean, you know, they could own... The SEC, they could own, you know, you could amalgamate. I wonder but they're the, not going to do it, right? No, they're not. No. Now, no. it's interesting because HBO Max, uh, they said in their presentation, and Stanky made clear in our interview as well, will have, will go. Years out, there will be live. So that's news and sports. That's good. And meanwhile, uh, Frank Pelota at CNN did a nice piece where he added the cost of subscribing to Apple, Disney+, Plus, HBO Max, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, and CBS All Access, 71 bucks a month. For all of those. That's not including Peacock, he said. I get the, That's uh, less than a, a traditional cable bill. Yes. I have the, sc- yeah. the Fire Skinny Bundle. It's 51. I get a lot of good stuff on that. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do. I got a lot of them, too. Hulu. What's on? I mean, I don't know. I guess my kids like the back, the, back, the, the catalog on Hulu, right? That's SNL for now. Right. For and now. they're watching. Yeah. My wife watches Hulu. Really? Yeah. When we come back after this commercial, I'll tell you some other things you want. Oh, shoot, we're on. Say again? Who cares? We won't watch all of this stuff. No, but, but the question pay? about if price they, is a key one. All right, no, 71 saying, bucks may not, but you know, you're know you paying for much. your broadband connection as well. That's 60 bucks right there or whatever the number right. may be because you're no longer taking video with it. Right. It does add up. It's their largest, other than their rent, it's the millennials' largest thing. Sure. That's because the they spend so many hours working on it, watching by the way, Needham's Laura Martin today says if Netflix doesn't cut prices next year, they lose 10, 10 million subs. Wow. Wow, that's a big number. There's that's, this real belief that they're going to have to go to some sort of ad-supported number as well. I just can't believe it, though. I, you know, they claim they're not going to, but they, she's, I think, amongst those who believe they're going to have it, to it lower is, price and have an ad-supported service. By the way, Peacock, of course, owned by NBC, which will roll out, is going to be an ad-supported But Okay, so you, your Apple bill just keeps going higher and higher and higher. And remember, they send it to you at 3.20 a.m. I mean, honestly, your Apple is going to... Think about all your Apple Care, Apple Backup, Apple Credit Card. I'm like Apple, Apple, Apple. And that's, that adds up. That's why there's been some talk about Apple offering a bundle when you buy, which would be really good. I mean, I, I pay Apple a ton. I pay Comcast, Fios, uh, the one down there that you like so much, the Charter thing. What is that, that thing? Altice, I pay them. I have no idea what you're talking about. Altice, yes. That's yeah. another cable Altice. company in the metropolitan area. They Altice, Matisse. Cable Altice. <laughs> yes. I pay Picasso. I pay Matisse. I pay Altice. And you pay a wireless bill, too. Who do yes, you pay I do. that to? I, I, mine was $1,500 last month. $1,500? Yeah. Yeah. How many wireless bills do you pay? I got a family plan that's like the, uh, you know, like the Waltons. Wow. I know. I got to look at how that happens. Fitbit is open for trade. Uh, yeah. Again, the... Uh, Two point one billion. What did we say? Seven thirty-five. Seven thirty-five. All yes, cash. Yeah. A share. We'll close fairly quickly. One would expect. Two thousand twenty is all they're saying at this point. They're not giving us any. Do you think it reflects badly on Alphabet? Two thousand twenty reflects badly. Why? What would you say? This that? is all they could come up with. You don't think they, they're well, done? This is not. They're not done in this space. I think that my hope. My hope is is that when you go over the arc of that call of the Alphabet call, you get to the other bet section. And it seems like they just lose a billion every. I mean, it's this may be the way. A lot of people in the healthcare business over there are not that happy. There's two different healthcare units. They haven't melded them. Maybe Park stays with it. How about that? That's a good question. I don't. Is it? I don't know. Yeah. How about that? Wouldn't that be something? Maybe he runs it. He's a very efficient guy. Humorless. 
Maybe the most humorous person I've ever interviewed. What's the matter? It's humorless. It's all right. I really don't like humorless people. Right. No offense to them. Okay, you know, hope they put, not everybody can be Elon. You, you want gotta, Elon Musk? You got to have a little funny. Just a little. No, for, no. Park's never. He's just a serious guy. James Park, 28 million active users. This is when you talk. Remember what Tim Cook says. My legacy will be healthcare. And the numbers for uh, when you talk to watch companies, their businesses are typically down 50% because of, of Apple. So this is Alphabet's oh. first. Um, going up against Tim Cook. He does say he couldn't be more excited for what lies ahead. It does make it he's sound not like excited his about quote anything. that he's, he's going never to stay at the excited. company some period of time, but we don't know the answer. He's never excited about anything. By the way, win public at 20, so you're looking at a discount of more than 60% from. In suboptimal situation. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about Starbucks today, outperforming the S&P so far this year up more than 30%. CEO Kevin Johnson will tell us how the company's digital strategy is sparking sales growth in the U.S. and China after their earnings earlier in the week. Take another look at the pre-market. The jobs number, if you missed it, 128K, well above the estimates of 90K, and revisions were good. Futures reflecting that. We're back in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. What a morning in the bond pits, the jobs number, and ISM on the way. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick. Yes, it's going to be so fascinating, Carl, because obviously that jobs number, even GM distorted, was really solid. A couple of things we didn't even hit on. There was a subtle but very important positive revision to year-over-year earnings. Last month, we thought they were 29 They moved to 3%. Now, even the, that one-tenth, psychologically, that's a positive. 95,000 jobs uh, over the last couple months revised to the upside. How did it all turn out? Well, let's look at some one-week charts, shall we? Look at a two-year note yield. And on the right side, of course, today, look at that volatility. We're not regaining all the yield increase from the positive number, but most of it. And Carl's right. The ISM is going to be the second punch here, and we'll have to see if it's a good one or a bad one. Look at one week of tens. Up one on the day, down ten on the week. Twos are down seven on the week. There's some of your flattening. And what's interesting, look at tens to twos for one week. So basically, we're trading a quarter of the range-like float. You know, 20, 15, we're bouncing back and forth. Uh, Virtually, it was, what, two or three when the Fed met at its last meeting prior to this. The point is, yesterday and the day before, we are flattening with yields moving down, which means prices moving up. We'll call that a bull flattener. But today, it's the exact opposite, and we're flattening on the bear camp as rates move higher and face value is moving lower. But at the end result... The Fed most likely didn't expect this number, and if ISM doesn't go poorly, I would see a steepening as long maturity yields should move higher more aggressively. Look at one week of boons. You know, the interesting thing about boons is that we spent some time right around the minus high 30s. What a huge difference from their all-time low yield close at minus 71. 
some give back there, but today is the first official day, of course, of Christine Lagarde, and things are going to be changing. Finally, a one week of the dollar index. October was unkind to the dollar index. It is trying to take a stand here, although the positive numbers are small. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, we'll see you in 40 minutes uh, for ISM. We will get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell. Uh, lots to talk about with Starbucks' Kevin Johnson in a first on CNBC interview in just a few moments. Futures look good on this Friday. Don't go anywhere. For more than a decade, Comcast has been committed to bridging the digital divide and connecting millions to affordable high-speed Internet. But the barriers to get connected go well beyond affordability. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to reach millions with digital skills training, resources, and opportunities needed to succeed in a digital world. Project Up, building a future of unlimited possibilities. Learn more at Comcast.com slash Project Up. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. All right, Fitbit getting bought by Google this morning. Jim mentions the consumer interest in that name. There's a look at a one-week chart, 67% gain. Well, opening bell is next, and our interview with Starbucks' Kevin Johnson, just minutes away. All right, we got... uh... Two minutes or so before we get to an opening bell. Last uh, trading session of the week, by the way, if you like to keep track of the days of the week. And this is the last mad mad dash. What do we got? Well, I I said the other day that Grubhub has been the biggest disaster in the quarter. Well, Arista Networks, okay, is going to rival that, A-N-E-T. They're talking directly about a major pause in spending by a cloud titan, J.P. Morgan says it's Facebook. Now, the confusing thing here is that this is the only company that has seen a major pause in cloud spending. We didn't see it until we didn't see it. Uh, if you go back over and I said AMD would go up because Lisa Sue's doing so well, can, they didn't see it. Just to, what? Sometimes I think people know, what do they do? What does Arista Networks do? They make do? the boxes, white boxes inside a data center. So. Okay, thank you. And what happens here is, is that this call was uh, a rebellion call. Okay. It was a call where people were saying, listen, I don't see it. What are you... So we're not seeing a slowdown in spending and from the other cloud providers. But the fact is, look, she's seeing a slowdown. She's the biggest. It, 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 she's very good. I'm not trying to minimize that they're like you know that they're a bad company. They're a great company, and they've been one of the great, great, great performers. But without a doubt, this, this conference call 
made people feel that something is very could, wrong. Could they be? Anet, could not they? And, not and, a, is it because it be an early sign? Could it be? Would they in some way see see the demand? Would slowing say, prior yesterday. to other providers. Jayshreeyal, who used to be at uh, at Cisco, I think she would say that. That, that look out for 2020 spending. I don't want to put words in her mouth because she's done such a fabulous job. But this was a very jarring call. Kind of broke down in the middle, too. And people were like saying, what the heck? This was a what the heck call. Uh, let's get the opening bell here. S&P 500 and the CNBC Real-Time Exchange and the big board. It's the March of Dimes highlighting prematurity infant awareness month at the NASDAQ. Jim, uh, they've never played the game. Todd Morgenfeld and Ben Silberman told me when I went out there to see them, we're not going to do you, Pod Jim. We are not going to under-promise and then over-deliver. That's not our style. Well, it's not. And the analysts, I think, keep thinking, you know what? It's all, don't worry, they've got something under the vest. they got a whole card that's good. No, they did what they said they were going to do, which is continue to work to make the site better. And the conclusion of the analysis is that they're, they're out, that, nobody, that they're done. Other than international, everybody who's a pinner is a pinner. So what happened? Or monthly average users was below. It just wasn't up that much. Uh, average revenue per user. Not great. Was below, below estimates. estimates. But not below. So that's what's right. important. Right. See, below people have to understand that there are two kinds of below. There's below estimates, and then there's below what you say. Right. And they did what they were going to say, and they are very, I shouldn't have said sweet. They're very earnest. And well, then, not, Jim, you're not exactly explaining why this company is losing almost a quarter of its market value. Well, because people expected it. You bought it for the growth, not for, for uh, EBITDA positive uh, adjusted. You bought it for growth. But people kind of felt, you know what, they can just put the pedal down. We don't really care about how much money they make. We want incredible growth. And it turned out that they were look, you know, a prudent company right. that did the number that they said they did. Um, but people wanted more than that. And this is what happens when you make expectations that are realistic and you do that as opposed to blowing them away. This is away. yet another of the IPO class of 2019 that is so far now below its yeah. opening price. Well, and some of the price target cuts on Wayfair today, Barabin goes from 100 to 65. Well, Wayfair was a, always one of those companies. There's an example where they said, listen, we're going to grow really, really fast, but Amazon doesn't like them. That's exactly right. Um, Amazon doesn't like them. Uh, Jim Chanos, uh, who famously called for a short on Grub, tells the FT today that October is one of his best months ever oh, after PG&E and Grub. Well, good, good for him because he does a lot of work. And Grub was one of these companies that kept telling you we're an ecosystem. You know, this ecosystem is yeah. a term. There are not co- many companies that are in a real ecosystem. There are a lot of what I would call pretender Poser ecosystems. Grubhub turned out to be a poser. David, I'm over here talking. Uh, Grub, Grub turned out to be a poser ecosystem. Yes. 
Yes. So uh, it was a yeah. poser ecosystem, and it has promiscuous customers. Yeah, that was a really. That was one of. That was. Well, I'm never going to get past that one. That, I mean, that call was who the call. made that was the, the decision. Who's writing these press releases? The, the comms. The comms department has some. Experience. Yeah, Are you kidding me? That was a call from hell, and uh, the release was from hell, and they should go to where. That, that was bad. Um, but as you can see here, breath looks really good. We're above uh, 3050, Jim. A lot of people have talked about that number uh, as being a key reflection of where we are on trade and earnings. Well, look, um, we've had a couple quarters. We had, look, I don't think people are like, Apple's a gigantic, Facebook's a gigantic company. That Facebook conference call was so good. And it basically said, listen, you, you, we are doing much better than you think. Uh, now, of course, uh, Zuckerberg was completely consumed by the First Amendment and political ads. I know that this is going to sound like I am a heartless person, that I'm just a dollar sign represented by a man, but Facebook has to start talking about how good its business is and talk less about whether they should take ads that say that President Trump is really, I, you know, I don't know, I, I don't want to go there, but the, the, there is just a disconnect between what the company's saying and what the company's doing. The company's doing much better than what it's saying. It's really mired in the dialogue of, well, should we run these kinds of ads? Um, I wanted to hit Alibaba, which we haven't yeah, what don't the talk hell, about. David? Excuse me? I'm sorry. I was paying attention to you as oh. opposed to you. Well, when you to were when you were talking about Grubhub, I was trying to access well, my no, see, Alibaba Al- information. Alibaba was down two. Uh, then it, it was is, up three. Yes. Then it was down four. The call, I and now it's up two. The call apparently went well. It was this morning. Uh, and it, and I talked to a couple of people or texted with a couple of people who were on it. And yeah. at least their impression is strong. Mm-hmm. Um, strong numbers. Okay. You know, you've got 37% revenue growth in the, in the core marketplace. It, it is, I mean, core commerce revenue up 40% year over year. It's still growing uh, very quickly. Adjusted EBITDA, 39%. Total revenue, again, up 40%, uh, 693 million annual active customers. Uh, and so it is responding positively. And apparently on the call, they did a fairly good job in terms of at least dealing with some of the uh, key questions. Um, that's what we can tell you right now. Well, it I- continues to move at a very rapid pace, obviously. We followed it, the growth of the Chinese consumer. We're t- are they starting to weaken has been a key question. This has been in some ways a proxy for the trade fight yeah. uh, to, a, to a certain extent. Yeah, yes, but sure. yeah. no signs, at least, that, of weakening amongst their customer base at this point. Estee Lauder yesterday, China was a standout, not Hong Kong because of the protests. China was very, very strong. A lot of the headlines were dead wrong about Estee Lauder. Actually, it was a decent quarter. They did raise. But uh, the... These companies, a lot of our companies are selling a lot on T-Mobile and then on T-Mall. T-Mall. T-Mall, a lot of money being spent. Yeah, that's T-Mall. the branded platform. Chabao is one of the smaller merchants. It's very important. Um, that these, the consumer in China is strong, the industrial is not. The consumer in the United States is strong, the industrial is not. Because the industrial sections are at war with each other. Yeah, but China is much more of an industrial manufacturing-led economy, right? They so one would expect the consumer numbers, would start to if we weaken. Had a, if they had a labor department, I think you'd see that their numbers are worse than ours. Well, uh, the Kaishin PMI did come in 51.7, best since February right. of 17. I don't trust that. Uh, yeah, no one trusts that number. No. That's not true. Like, no one does. No, I mean, but, look, I had Columbia Sports World on last night. I mean... They, they have a big China business, and they, they've been saying 
Look, I mean, they had to raise. China was bad for them. China was down for them. So there's expensive luxury good, but then China good luxury good for Estee Lauder. It's a very hard read. You want to bring in Kevin? Oh my! You know what? We should go to Kevin Johnson. Let's don't do you it. Think? Let's do it. Okay. Ooh, cold brew, which is just incredible for the afternoon day part, by the way, mm-hmm. and China, the two big growth drivers for Starbucks. And joining us now, uh, maybe just came back from Japan, uh, Starbucks CEO Kevin Johnson. Kevin, great to see you. Good morning, guys. How are you? We are good, and I think that you're doing well. I was surprised you you happened to report on a day where the market was bad. I thought your stock should have been up three. Let's talk about, we were just talking about uh, Alibaba, uh, which we know you have a great relationship, Kevin. Uh, China looks like they are far more developed digitally than America, and you have been a star. You are a technology genius from the old days. Talk about how great China was, because a year ago, China, people were doubting you. Well, you know, we had a, we had a very solid quarter, and uh, it really capped off a transformative year for Starbucks. I think we're well positioned. Certainly, China was a big part of that, Jim. And uh, you know, you think about the the digital savvy of the Chinese consumer. You know, they they adopt and they embrace uh, technology at a very rapid rate. Our uh, China digital partnership with Alibaba really unlocked a, a wide range of new opportunities for us. We launched uh, Starbucks Delivers in China. Our mobile order uh, for pickup, uh, you know, just those uh, those two alone were 10% of our sales mix in China, and you know we posted a 5% comp with 2% growth in traffic. So the digital strategy in China is working. 10 million active uh, rewards members, 45% growth uh, in those rewards members. So really a strong performance in China. Now in the United States, even not that long ago, the investment community, Kevin really felt that you couldn't get uh, United States going, talking about like a 4% number. Uh, talk about the two-year comp, which is what really matters, and how it accelerated and why it accelerated in the United States. Yeah, well, you know, we posted a 6% comp with 3% growth in traffic this quarter. When you look at the two-year comp, uh, it accelerated to 10%. So, you know, many were skeptical that we posted a, a strong 4% comp a year ago. But then we posted a six on top of that. Now, uh, the growth at scale agenda we're executing against really is all about focusing on the right things and then executing with discipline. In the U.S., it's all been about elevating the customer experience in our stores, driving beverage innovation, and expanding uh, digital customer relationships. And in all three of those dimensions, uh, you know, we've, we've executed uh, with discipline. Uh, beverage innovation. You know, we now have Nitro in all of our stores in the U.S. Our innovation on the cold beverage platforms, especially things like cold brew. You know, we had pumpkin cream cold brew, Nitro, uh, but also our iced macchiato. You know, our uh, cloud macchiato beverage platform, refreshers, uh, shaken uh, teas. So, you know, we've really focused on that beverage innovation that has helped us, and we grew an everyday part in the U.S. Kevin, on the call, you chose to take a bit of time to uh, focus uh, investors on your strategy when it comes to artificial intelligence, something we talk about a lot here, of course, the growth of AI. Give people a sense here in terms of how you see it helping your business, uh, potentially, eventually, I would would assume as well, contributing to margin expansion. Yeah, well, uh, you know, clearly we've been focused on the digital uh, flywheel and how that uh, customer connection is so important. 
But over this last year, we've really spun up our focus on artificial intelligence around an initiative that we call Deep Brew. And Deep Brew started really by uh, using artificial intelligence for the personalized offers that we make on our uh, mobile app. But now we're using Deep Brew in a wider range of scenarios. For example, Deep Brew is now doing artificial intelligence to really predict how many store partners we ought to have by day part in every one of our stores. By doing that, it is helping us unlock uh, growth because we're staffed to meet customer demand. Deep Brew is now forecasting inventory replenishment by store. Uh, and that is helping partners ensure they have all the items they need to serve customers and they don't have to spend their time doing that inventory and placing those orders. So Deep Brew is actually freeing up partner time so that they can spend more of that time focused on the customer. Basically, Deep Brew is automating those administrative tasks, freeing up our partners to spend more time with customers, and that has led to an all-time high in customer connections. Now, when customer connection scores are at an all-time high, that's growing our traffic. So Deep Brew really is at the center of helping our partners better serve customers, and it is a key uh, fuel for our growth uh, looking forward. Hey, Kevin, it's Carl. Uh, in QSR, breakfast is getting so much attention, either adding to the menu at, at uh, McDonald's or Wendy's, what have you. I wonder, is there pressure internally to expand food, at least in the morning? Well, you know, for us, uh, we're a beverage-first company. I mean, we differentiate on the fact that our, our Starbucks partners handcraft uh, each and every beverage personally for our customers, and then we attach food. And, you know, we saw good growth in all-day parts, and especially in our morning-day part. So I think the beverage platform is helping, but part of what's helping in the morning-day part is we're able to attach our breakfast sandwiches, the sous vide egg bites, and a wide range of uh, food items that uh, resonate with our customers. So, you know, food plays an important role as an attached to the beverage, and we're seeing good performance in that morning-day part. Uh, in a couple of days, Kevin, actually uh, 10, uh, it's Veterans Day. Uh, I think that your company is the one that's mo maybe the most committed to hiring vets. There are also, uh, I think, there's a labor shortage in this country. Could you talk about how you can find enough people to staff Starbucks and what you've done to hire people who've come back from the wars? Well, you know, our, our focus on uh, veterans and military spouses has been something we've been doing for several years. You know, we set a goal for ourselves to hire 25,000 veterans and military spouses. We surpassed that goal three years ahead of schedule. And we now are on a run rate. We hire 5,000 veterans and military spouses every year. And they are phenomenal Starbucks partners, and we're very proud to be, uh, to be associated uh, with our veterans and, and helping support them you know, as they come back from oftentimes multiple tours of duty. So that's been an important part of it. Uh, and they are fantastic partners, and they make us a better company. I want to talk for a moment about something that Mark Benioff has taught us, which is that business is the greatest platform for change. Uh, you, I think, your company uniquely has been an ambassador to the United States. What's it like being, uh, for the United States, what's it like being an ambassador for the United States to China right now? You know, Jim, well, <clears throat> we just surpassed uh, 4,100 stores in China. We have 55,000 Starbucks partners who proudly wear the green apron in China. We've been in China for 20 years now. And, uh, you know, for us, it's all been about 
being in that market, entering that market with respect for the Chinese culture, uh, and doing the right things to you know beyond the pursuit of profit. For example, we uh, you know we introduced uh, healthcare benefit for our partners in China to take care of their aging parents, and that's a one of a kind insurance uh, program that we put together in partnership uh, in China. You know the 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 whole foundation of Starbucks is built on the fact that we believe that the pursuit of profit is not in conflict with the pursuit of doing good. And, you know, in many ways, uh, our purpose and our reason for being goes far beyond the pursuit of profit. So when we're in China, every one of those stores is a part of a community. And uh, we do work to service uh, that community and be a part of that community, take care of our partners, and, uh, and show up in a way that, that really focuses on doing good uh, in every community that we are a part of. Yeah, Kevin, the reason why I'm going down this path is business is under assault in our country. I've never seen anything like it in my lifetime. And the companies like you uh, are doing things that make me feel that business being under assault is a huge mistake, given the fact that, again, it's a great platform for change. I happened to be in Mexico recently, and, you know, I saw orange aprons, and I said, maybe they're wearing the wrong color. That's not true, right? Well, that's not true. Yeah, I know you shared a great photograph uh, of you visiting one of our stores in Mexico. And in, in the month of October, uh, we have a great licensed partner, Alsea, who runs uh, our Starbucks stores throughout Latin America. And uh, Alberto Torado and, and his team do a fantastic thing in the month of October. They have a very special cause that they, uh, they, they orient to. So, you know, every, every uh, peso that's spent at Starbucks and their other uh, uh, brands that they run they donate money to help feed the hungry and take care of children, take care of their communities. And so they, they put on an orange apron to help uh, amplify the fact that they are focused on serving their communities and, and contributing money to those communities and the people in need. And so we're proud to be, uh, you know, to be a part of, uh, of what, uh, what we do in Mexico and in every community around the world. Uh, Kevin, you know, hopping on to Jim's question, about China and being an ambassador for the U.S. in a way. And we do, we do see pictures in Hong Kong, and we know Hong Kong's a mess, uh, but we see pictures of broken glass at Starbucks storefronts. How should investors view that? Well, look, my, uh, you know, obviously we monitor that closely, and uh, you know, I just say that my priority is uh, focusing on the safety and security of our partners. And, uh, you know, certainly, you know, we're in 81 markets around the world and, you know, we deal with geopolitical issues all the time. But my focus and my priority is, uh, is really focusing on the safety and security of our partners. Uh, Kevin, one last question. I know we got to go. Uh, I, I'm curious to know what you're seeing about the delivery business. There was a debacle this week where Grubhub was saying this business is maybe, I could argue, say, isn't a business. The fact that their profit margins are so thin, is that a win for Starbucks? Well, I, I look at the delivery business. China is a very different market than the U.S. You know, in China, we saw 7% of our total uh, sales volume came from delivery. And in the U.S., it's far less than 1%. And part of that, I think, is there's a very different cost structure in China than there is in the U.S. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, delivery will evolve in the U.S. But right now, I think the, uh, you know, unless you have a very high ticket, the delivery uh, costs, you know, are prohibitive to the consumer. 
And so, you know, people are having to invest. Either merchants are going to have to accept lower margins or uh, delivery companies are going to have to figure out a different business model that enables uh, th that, that price to be a lower price to the consumer. You know, for us, you know, we're, we're pleased with our partnership with Uber Eats, but it's very early days in the U.S., whereas I see, you know, delivery is much more mature in China and is embraced, uh, you know, by the Chinese consumer much more than it is uh, here in the United States. Uh, Kevin, it's really great to talk to you. That's Kevin Johnson, CEO of Starbucks. Good to see you, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. When we come back this morning, Pulitzer Prize-winning New York Times columnist Jim Stewart will get his take on Apple TV Plus, on the streaming wars at large. A record high for the S&P, 30.55, and the first record high for the Nasdaq since July. Don't go anywhere. Twenty-year chart of Apple. You got to measure the gains in the thousands of percent. Just burying the S&P over that time period. 251, new all-time high today, and it's Tim Cook's birthday. Happy birthday, Tim. We're back in a minute. Jim, stop trading. First, I didn't know my wife, Lisa, has her same birthday as Tim. <laughs> so happy birthday, Lisa. Corvo, QRVO, that is giving us hope for 5G. It's up 14. It was a fantastic conference call. Made me feel really terrific about tech. And it's a, you know, people who are down and feeling low, read the Corvo conference call because, boy, we're not left out by 5G. We're a leader. We're a leader, David. Got it. I was singing the Simon and Garfunkel song in my head with the when you're down and feeling low, you had me there. <laughs> Dave, um, no man's not. Oh. What's so anyways, tonight? It's really good. And I'm going to do my game plan tonight. And I, I'm excited by Corvo because I know that, that China you know, unveiled its 5G. Uh, Dom Chu doing great stuff today. And to me, we're part of it. So let's not forget we are actually know what we're doing. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Uh, important show, 6 p.m. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.